Episode 3 of the Music for Ministry Podcast. Welcome to the Music for Ministry Podcast, providing an in-depth look at the ministry of music through the lives of music leaders today. Hello, and welcome to the Music for Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, David West, and this is the podcast for those who are passionate about ministering with music. I'm very excited to have as our guest today, Gary Emery, president of Brightwater Digital Studio in Greenville, South Carolina. For over 30 years, he has helped ministries with sound systems, as well as produce some of the finest in Christian and classical recordings. In a moment, We'll take a look at Gary's unique ministry of music and see how it began. But first, let's look at today's musical resource. Check out this week's valuable musical resource. If you're interested in sacred instrumental music, check out David E. Smith Publications. His site contains thousands of selected instrumental music from many publishers. Whether you're looking for solos, ensembles, band, or orchestra pieces, he's got plenty to choose from. For smaller groups, he even has music available that sounds great with any instrumentation. You can find a link to his website at graceforall.com forward slash music for ministry. It's time now to begin our interview. We're here today with Gary Emery, and he's the founder or president of Brightwater Recording Studios in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's good to have you today. Nice to be here. I want to find out a little bit about your, your background. Uh, what area of the country did you grow up in? I was born in Flint, Michigan. My parents, my dad worked for General Motors, and uh, my mom was a housewife and grew up in the public schools. Went to pretty much independent Baptist churches. Trust the Lord and Children's Church. It's Sunday night, actually. After uh, an invitation from the pastor, I knew I needed Jesus as my Savior, and I need to do it now. And I was afraid I couldn't get saved because the pastor was in the baptistry. He had just baptized somebody. Come to find out, I could trust the Lord. My children's church leader and my mom prayed with me, and I trusted Christ as my Savior and never had to doubt that. How about brothers or sisters? Or? I have an older sister who's nine years older and a brother that was just six, 13 months or 16 months apart. They're both deceased now. They're with the Lord. But we were raised to know in a general Baptist church to know that salvation was only by Jesus and nothing else. What kind of role did music play maybe in your home or in your life? My mom always sang and we always had good music. And then I took piano lessons. My mom started me on piano. The way she did it was, if I took piano lessons long enough, I could get a guitar. I only lasted with guitar lessons about three years, but I had 11 years of piano lessons. And so I was in choirs in junior high and senior high and did a cappella choir and eventually accompanied my choirs in the public school and also played piano for my church. So what influenced you to go in your future education after high school? I had no idea about uh, Bob Jones University. That's where I ended up going. I uh, was putting in my application to Moody Bible Institute, Oral Roberts, 
and Bob Jones University, and I said, I'll go, Lord, whichever one takes me. So I was the first one in my family to ever even go to college. I had traveled with the Frank Gonzalez Evangelistic Association. They were charismatic, but he had been a, a graduate of Bob Jones back in the 50s. From there, after being on a team for a whole summer on a mission trip to uh, Mexico, went to Bob Jones University uh, in South Carolina, which I barely knew where the state was. Hopped on a bus and showed up there, and it was about 110 degrees that day. So what did you declare your major as? I was a Bible major, thinking uh, I might be an evangelist for two and a half years, but then the Lord uh, impressed me to change to interpretive speech, and I couldn't tell you why. I really didn't want to be an actor. I didn't want to be on television or anything else. I was interested mostly in radio and recording, but I did the degree in speech. But in high school, I had two years of advanced electronics at, the, at a skill center in Flint, Michigan. The, the millionaire C.S. Mott who built Fisher Body, he actually helped build a trade school. And there I learned radio and television broadcasting and uh, electronics, basic and advanced electronics. So when I got out of school, I was already working at a broadcast station. And when I went to Bob Jones, I was able to get on the sound crew with my second semester. So that led to your ambition of starting a recording studio of your own? Or? I always had a very deep passion for it, but I also had a, a deep passion for ministry and churches. So for years, I had been building church sound systems. I was an assistant pastor for five years in Arizona. A year before that, I was in California as an assistant pastor. I was ordained there and then came back to work in Majesty Music with Dr. Garlock and Ron Hamilton to help them in making slides and I also started a sound system company there called Soundmaster, which eventually became Brightwater Digital. So you would go into churches and help them set up sound? Yes, I was doing that studios. from the time I was in high, high school, and I helped build church sound systems. Now I have them in about 40 states, but we go in and do it with the, the local help who's ever in the church, and then I design it, tune it, and help install it, and then the church knows how to use their system when they leave. So how has your background in engineering helped other church ministries over the years? Well, I've had a, a real desire to put in sound systems that communicated clearly with no interruption so the churches could enhance their ministry with the recording and the spoken word as they preach. I've been able to be involved with the training that I got at Bob Jones under Max Masters as a chief engineer. So we ran the different auditoriums and sound and then studies going to conventions like the AES convention. Then a lot by just learning the hard way, rolling up your sleeves and doing it. But in that time, I've worked with many other professional companies and engineers and have amassed enough experience and knowledge that I can now work with several other engineers and I act as a consultant and we can design complete infrastructure from computer systems all the way through networks and then the very latest in audio and video presentation systems. And every year you travel with the music college as a I was at Majesty Music for 19 years and then I came and built my own recording studio and there I still serve all the different companies, Soundforth, which is now sold to Lorenz, but I've worked with Majesty, The Wilds, over 50 fundamental organizations and doing uh, recordings for their major projects. And I've done the Patch the Pirate recordings for more than 25 years, sound effects and all the dialogue recording and, and editing and that kind of thing.
What are a few of the voices that you've done for Majesty Music? Uh, some of the famous ones are Hu Flung Chow, Ferlin Frog, uh, Zero the Polar Bear, uh, Jezebel the Camel. Some of those voices uh, were done many years ago, but you're still more famous for doing that four lines than <laughs> anything else. What was one of your favorite? Uh, I like Diabolos. He, played, he was the devil in Mount Zion Marathon and Ferlin the Frog. He sounds like this. In the midst of Slippy River, there's an island small that's haunted by a creature of a 90 foot tall, big toe. And how about the uh, radio broadcasts that we hear? I've been, I've been the host and producer of the Adventures of Patch the Pirate now since inception. And my character's name is Jonah Squidley, and he sounds like a pirate. Welcome aboard, mateys. I be Jonah Squidley right here on board the Jolly Roger. Ha 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 ha! So that's his, his signature. Well, tell us about the setup in your studio. Well, we, uh, I, I went independent of Majesty and bought uh, most of their equipment and then added to it and set up a, a high-definition recording studio. It's all digital, so that means we record straight to hard drives on a computer instead of using tape. But we're able to do incredible things. We can fix pitches if they're wrong. We can adjust timings and then... We're able to really go down to a thousandth of, millis of milliseconds and look at noises and, and uh, do quality enhancements to the recording for a complete orchestra, choral, and dialogue and sound effects. Could you walk us through maybe what an individual would do if they were going to record in your studio? As far as well, first we, we talk about the nature of their recording, and I try to give them a sense of how much time it's going to take. Usually it takes about an hour a song to do a solo vocal recording, and then you have the accompaniment if you want that independent or you want to do it alongside of when you're singing. So we have a beautiful 7-foot piano, 7-6 uh, Yamaha, we sometimes lay a scratch vocal recording and the real piano and then go back in and sing over the piano so we have more control over the interp and make sure we get the very best of the sound. And I know orchestrations and all, you have someone there to help you? Yes, Glenn Christensen's there. He can do synthesized orchestrations or he can write, but I also have many other people that we work with and pianists. So sometimes we use uh, uh, live players that we can contract and come in. I've done the, the last six or seven sound fourth of the major recordings, full orchestra there in my studio. So we'll generally do the strings separately and then the woodwinds, brass and percussion and the pianos added as you need it. How many recordings per year would you say uh, you produce? Probably about 15 or 16, but then many other things. I do a national radio broadcast for an evangelist. I do soundtracks for missionary presentations. I do the dialogue and all the choral recording for Patch the Pirate. It varies. I've had years where I've done 20 and years where I've done 7, you know, but most of the time it, it averaged about once a month. What about the future of the audio sound i know we are familiar with dvds and uh, mp3s uh, where do you think this is headed as far as with our advent of the internet and the accessibility well it's really kind of sad because much of the music people buy now is not the same quality that's on a cd or the quality they could be using but the industry kind of dictates that so downloadable music the wave file is still standard on the cd it's getting to where people are downloading more music than they're buying virtual CDs. 
it depends on the generation that's buying it. Younger people, 30 and under, are downloading 90% of their music. Older people still like to have a physical copy of the music so they can transport it to their car or their office, you know, and other places. Can you give us a distinction between a WAV file, which uh, is probably better than the MP3 version? Yeah, the MP3 is a compressed version, and it's it's a much thinner, and there's many different scales of MP3. So you can get a, an MP3 at 192 kilohertz sampling rate, or you can get one down at uh, 32 kilohertz sampling rate. So there's a big variance, and there's no standardization. The other issue is if you're listening to it with earbuds, or you're listening to it in a car, or you're listening to it on a boombox, or a home stereo, or theater surround sound system, they'll all have different playback capacities. Most people don't just set and focus on music. They usually play it in their car or in the background at home while they're having devotions or having dinner, that kind of thing. But it's usually not listened to in a critical sense like we do in the studio. The quality availability is high, but the the output rate is getting lower and lower because of downloads and and people re-recording it and not understanding what they're doing. You have a very talented family, and I have heard some of the recordings that your family has done. Can you tell us a little bit about your wife and your children? And well, my wife has days? worked alongside of me, and she still works at Majesty Music and is a major editor there and uh, is a producer for the children's recordings, along with Shelley Hamilton. Uh, she's an arranger, and both my children now are out in music ministries of their own. They have master's degrees in violin and viola. My son has a choral conducting degree. My son-in-law has a choral con- conducting degree. They're out in different churches. Matt and Rochelle, the oldest, uh, are out in Colorado now serving at Tri-City Ministries. And my son, Philip, and his wife, Danny, that has a master's degree in piano from USC, undergraduate at Bob Jones. She plays the piano for him, and they work in the ministry uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at Brookside Baptist Church. What is the name of the uh, group? The recordings we produced uh, are called Salantes, and the first one, that idea comes from the Hebrew word salo, means to pluck a, a stringed instrument with the fingers. So from Zamar in the Hebrew to Salantes in the Greek, it translates to play on a stringed instrument. And the verse, I will sing unto the Lord a new song, it actually means I will play on a harp or a, a stringed instrument. A new song and uh, so they have the second one is called in the light of his grace and the first one is Salantes praise him with strings all right just have one more question if someone was interested in finding out more about you or bright water recording studio where, where would they go to find out more we're setting up a web page now I'm very remiss in doing that and the technology's been there but the money hasn't anyhow we have a contact Gary at brightwaterdigital.com or you can call me on my cell at 864-350-5057, or you can write to us, info at brightwaterdigital.com. Well, thank you for being with us today, and appreciate all that you've done to help churches and the ministry of music. Well, we, we count it as a privilege to serve the Lord, and we, we want to help any way we can. Thank you. Thanks again. 
this brings us to the end of the Music for Ministry podcast. You can find links and program notes to our show at graceforall.com forward slash music for ministry. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to tell your friends about it and do me a favor. Head over to iTunes and give us a rating and give a review and also feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Have a great day and make music for ministry your passion too. The Music for Ministry podcast is a production of Grace for All Publications.